Would you care to step outside? Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Planes are back, bitches! Woo! All right, welcome everyone to DC on RMD, the Titans edition. I am Michael Flores in the main host seat again. And I'm in the studio with David Subal. Hello, Dave. Booyah! No. <laughs> I will do the show on my own. <laughs> will do if you ever, 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 ever say that again. <laughs> All right. So people are stuck with me once again. Uh, Steve will be back for episode four. He will finally grace us with his presence after enjoying Greece. For a couple of weeks with his girly pal. He's his getting a refresher. Yeah. A nice refresher. Yeah, hopefully he's having lots of sex. I mean, that's what you got to do when you're in Greece, right? I mean, Sometimes that sea air, though, can be a bit greeny on your thighs. Come on, don't ruin it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be talking episode three of season two titled Ghost. Last week, Dave, you and I had complained that the show felt a bit jarring. Too many players doing their own thing. But I think after this episode, we can say that some of the issues had to do with how the first season was handled at the end. Yes. And we had, we have already went back and forth. We discussed that during our episode one discussion, talked about it last week, and we're going to do it again. The studio making the decision to cut the final episode. I think it just threw everything off. I think so too, because like the, you could tell, even though the past two episodes have been pretty solid, you could definitely tell that the first episode was just the end cap to season one. Yeah. And now the showrunner is just left scurrying to get everything together. You know, in the end, we're left trying to figure out an ending or he, I should say, is left trying to figure out an ending and beginning and we're left with these pieces that needed to be placed together and it has felt a bit convoluted and contrived however in this episode it looks like we worked through i guess we can call it growing pains trying to figure out a new show and what direction you want to go i know sometimes tv Showrunners don't always have everything mapped out for future seasons because they have to get through the first season first. Yes. And they're like, okay, well, this is what I want to do. And if I don't get another chance, I kind of want to make sure this feels like uh, there's an ending, there's a conclusion, and I'm going to worry about having an entire plan set up for future seasons after we get picked up for the second season. Yeah, it feels at least now in this episode we finally get a kind of, I guess you would say, a taste of the narrative. Because Yes, the, we understand for the most part what the story is going to be about. About. Because, like, that's the one thing that we mentioned at the last episode where yeah. it was like, we don't know what your narrative is. Is is it supposed to focus on, like, this character? It was just too much. Yeah. It's just too much. Yeah. They were, it was great. It was really well done. However, I remember when we covered the last episode, there was a lack of 
flowing narrative that we could tell about the whole season in general. Yeah. This episode, we finally get like this almost narrow focus. Okay. This is this, this is the overall story we're going to get with, with Grayson. Here's our big bad, because we've been wondering who the, who's technically the big bad and, or the threat or the threat. Yeah. And in this one, you get the sense that yes, he is the threat now. Yes. All right, so this episode, Dave, is directed by Kevin Tancherowen and written by Tom Paps. Uh, with the reemergence of Dr. Light, the old Titans reluctantly return to the Titans Tower to strategize against their old enemy. But the secrets of the Titans past threaten to tear apart this newly formed team from within. Right from the get-go. Yeah. Okay, so as I said, this episode feels like things are coming together. Yes. A bit more seamlessly as the showrunner is finally getting a story together and where it should be. We should have been here probably at the end of the second episode, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost Ghost feels like it is the second episode of season two. Yeah. Uh, we have Dove, Hawk, Wonder Girl, Rose, Raven, Gar, Junior Robin, a.k.a. Jason Todd, and <laughs> Dick Grayson. They're all under one roof fighting a common threat at least that's how it seems it's going to unfold starting in this episode yes with starfire on the way and that was problem number one that we had so far like well all of our characters are spread out how are we going to focus and and narrow this narrative down and 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 get to do a nuanced story like the first season was when everyone's everywhere doing their own little thing but neatly and quickly they brought everyone together within the opening minutes of episode three they're still trying to um build up starfire story a bit which will be probably uh some type of threat we'll deal with much later in the season they kind of put a pin in it for now but they found a way to get her back with the gang as well yes but everything works but what is the threat and that is the question that you had already alluded to dave a few moments ago it looks like it's going to be slate wilson AKA Deathstroke. He might in fact be the big bad of the season or at least for now, which I, which I think I remember in the last episode, you were mentioning that Dr. Light was going to potentially could have been the big bad. He looked like a henchman this week. So he looked like a henchman. Looks like I was wrong, but honestly for me, just as a fan and how I want Titans to go, Slade should be the big bad. He honestly should be. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that, Dave. I just know the perception that that a lot of fans have when it comes to Deathstroke, a.k.a. Slade Wilson. Yes. He's a fan favorite, and it's really hard to have a character like that be the threat. You have to hate your villain sometimes, and it's hard to hate a character like Slade Wilson. Now, obviously, that all depends on how they write his character. Yes. We might end up getting a... Deathstroke, we absolutely despise. They're, they're, However, Dave, the way they introduced him, that wasn't a way to introduce a character if you want the audience to despise him. Yes. We were all in awe, and, and it got nerd chills when they introduced Slade Wilson in, <laughs> in his uh, Deathstroke armor. Yes, that was awesome. And I do like the fact that they the way they portrayed him in the end, we didn't see him fight. That was the most brilliant thing I'm glad. I've ever seen. We didn't see him fight. All we hear it's too soon. It's too is, soon. All we hear is Jason scream, and we're like going, "Well, we just saw Jason beat the crap out of Doctor Light. 
and then you see Deathstroke cut away to Gar. It builds up that tension that, holy crap, Deathstroke is legitimately a badass. And I love that they didn't show him fight. Yes, I think same it's here. way too soon. I think it's he way too soon. He needs to be a question mark. We don't know much about him. We get the idea that he is definitely... Uh, a big th- or he was a big threat he's at the forefront or the center of the titans drama the old titans and what happened to them and why possibly they fell apart as a team and that being said that's all we need to know we yeah. don't we do not need to see anything else yet i feel like the way they have played with deathstroke has been pretty i think spotless up to this point i think yes. they've done everything right when it comes to his character so far and when and in regards to like what you said the dangers of actually portraying deathstroke a certain way because of fans the way they portrayed him here in the in in the in the episode just ran parallel to how his history is if you know yeah. and so as a fan we're comfortable with it and saying yeah deathstroke is a big big deal to the titans and we can we can buy the fact that right now just right now He's the big bad because the way that we know their history as fans, we know that basically this is how it has to be. Well, does it though? You're talking about from the comic books. It doesn't doesn't have to be, but but it, 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 it got to remember, dude, a lot of the people watching this probably didn't read the comic books. Yeah. But as a lot of fans who just dig DC, you know, TV shows, but as, but as you, as you said, like as, but, we're talking about as fans. Fans right. have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to also keep in mind of how fans know this character and not like you know tear him to pieces. Right. You don't want to completely, you know, I, uh, kill his character. Yeah, you don't want the you character want, to be an abomination. You don't want to be an abomination. You don't yeah. want to say this is not quote unquote my Slade Wilson. Right. You don't want people saying, wait, okay, so basically all you did, all you did was give him the name Slade Wilson, but this isn't fucking Slade Wilson, which we, we have seen that happen various times on the CW shows. But the way they, the way they treated, not just also in the ending, but the way that the Titans talk about him, like Donna talking. Yeah, he's scary, dude. Like they're legitimately intimidated by him. Yeah. And okay. That, that's the part that's a little confused confusing i think at the beginning now we're starting to understand this is why i said that this episode feels a lot better this episode feels right because in the beginning first off last season i'm willing to bet dave the writers were not going to go the route that there was a titans group yet they never were mentioned yes the idea of the titans were not mentioned there was a history there between dick grayson uh don hank and wonder girl Yes, there was a history that was established, but not once did they ever say they were the Titans. They mentioned being sidekicks, I believe, when he was talking with Wonder Girl last Mm -hmm. year, Dick Grayson, but they didn't actually focus or state that name Titans. It wasn't until this year we're hearing it a lot. And I think that's the reason why they essentially shoved it down our ear holes in the first episode. Come on, Titans, we're Titans. They were trying to establish that this is a team that existed, which is fine. Yeah. But it has created some confusion because last season they did not allude to the fact that there was a Titans team. Yes. And now that we understand that a lot of these things they're doing makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Because the illusion of them breaking up 
it had to be a major breakup. Why they never mentioned it. Right. And that being Slade, I'm, I'm assuming it's Slade. I mean, that much is clear. You know, Hank Hall and Wonder Girl are those mouthpieces. The implications of their history with Slade is expressed through the two of them. Oh, yeah. The breadcrumbs are there. You, yeah. I mean, in this episode, I thought the way they laid it out was brilliant. How they actually connected Slade, not just to the Titans, but to give Slade a bigger gravitas to everything, connecting it to Rose, how he messed her up, why she's after him, why, you know, the Justice League has a folder on him. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why is that funny though? Why are you laughing at it? It's not me, funny, Dave. Well, it's the one thing that I, I've always been saying for superhero shows. They don't really put the gravitas to their villains. What do you mean? The gravitas to the Basically, like they don't build them up. They enough. don't build them up enough. Yeah, they don't feel scary enough. This is legitimately. I mean, we've covered. They're making them intimidating. They made them intimidating. But Dave, this can go the opposite direction very fast because once we, it's the mystique, it's the mystery behind the villain. Yes. Once we pull that curtain back and we see who the Wizard of Oz is, suddenly we're gonna be like, oh, now we know you. We know the mystery. So it'll be interesting to see how long they can maintain this mystery around Slade as this Mm -hmm. impending doom, this threat. Now, they did help us with that idea, the notion that he is the threat. He is this force to be reckoned with by using Dr. Light. And this is something that wasn't very clear in the first two episodes. It was, in fact, Slade Wilson that broke, broke out Dr. Light. Yeah, broke him out of prison. And yet, if, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I miss that? I must have missed it too because I'm oh, okay, so with you. It wasn't in the episodes. It then. wasn't in the episodes that we just, it was said that, oh, Dr. Light escaped. Yeah, that's a little confusing because we saw Slade look at his uniform in the first episode. He looked at his costume and his associate said, are we back in the game or something? I'm paraphrasing. And then that's it. Next thing we know, Dr. Light escaped prison. There was no mention of Slade. We never saw it. And same thing when it, same thing when it comes to Rose. Uh, allegedly, Rose was trying to kill her father. Yes. Last episode. Where was Slade? We didn't see him. So there is still a lot of issues. There's a and lot that's of- what I'm saying, Dave. The first two episodes, I still think, are a byproduct of last season being cut. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now this episode, everything's being made clear. We're we're starting to understand where everything or all the chips are falling now. And um, that's why I feel like this is the true second episode because now things are clear to me. The other two episodes are just like, all right, this, this, that, Oh shit. We don't have time for that. Let's cut that. We'll, that. We'll worry about it in episode three because we had to close out season one but at least now I feel moving forward. A lot of those red flags that I, well, I was talking about last week. You remember Dave? Uh huh. I don't, I don't see those red flags anymore. No. I, I feel like this episode smoothed everything out, including the explanation of working with Dr. Light, strengthening the idea that Slade Wilson is the big bad. Dr. Light is just kind of a, a henchman of character or a, a henchman character of sorts. Yes. So it all worked. Um, now we find out that Rose. Rose's story is taking place post Jericho's death. And I, if 
the listeners out there, Dave, have read the comic book run. I think they're very aware that yes. there's a there's a point in Blade Wilson's story where he takes his son out. Yes. Now it depends on what story you're reading. Sometimes Slade Wilson takes him out because Jericho is a loose cannon. Uh Jericho's bad. Jericho's bad. He is a true villain. This is where the gray area comes into play. Slade Wilson is a wild fucking card. Yes. Because he's a bad guy, but he's also a good guy, but he also has a code. Exactly. He has a code. Jericho stories. I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave Jericho doesn't have a code. Yeah. He's a psychopath. Am I right? It comes out later that you find out that Jericho, yes, in some stories it's deemed as he was a psychopath. Other other times that it, other stories say that oh he was possessed and driven crazy. Ugh, that's but, a cop out. But but that's the at reason. At the end of the day, it still leads to the fact that his he had to take his son out because Deathstroke has a code. Right. And Jericho was not living by that code. by the code. So that's going to be an interesting aspect. I love personal stories like this, man. Mm-hmm. You have a man who isn't evil. Slade Wilson isn't evil. He's never been portrayed as evil, even when he's the bad guy. But he's done questionable things. Very questionable things. But he's not the Joker. The Joker's evil. No. Joker is Joker is chaotically evil. Yes. yes. And Slade, Slade is not evil. He's bad. Yes. He has a very skewed moral compass, but he does have a code for the most part. Yes. And if you're taking this complicated character, this complicated villain, and you're now giving him a story like this where he's living post killing his son, killing his son. And now his daughter is gutting for him. That is really cool. And then that can work out in such a great way for some really good story. Oh, absolutely. And then you tie it in with the Titans because we know that it is personal between him and the Titans. Yep. And then I love the fact, like what you said, it's uh, they, they, we didn't get a good gauge of what the story is all about, but in this episode, they've been doing like breadcrumbs that basically say, Hey, this is connected to this. Don't worry. You know, connecting Rose's story to the Titans story Gives it that solid foundation that basically, okay, this is about everyone versus Slade. Yes. Now, speaking of that, Dave, tell me if if I just read this wrong. But in the previous episode, and this could be yet another problem with the opening two episodes. I'm not going to keep I'm not going to keep reiterating why. Uh huh. We all know by this point what the problem is with the first two episodes. Yeah. But was Rose's characterization like a 180 it seemed it did because in the first episode she came off as innocent naive on the run on the run yeah like she was trying to hide from something right now in this episode she comes off as i don't want to say villainous but untrustworthy she's up to something darkly confident darkly confident and then we find out that she was out to kill her father it seems like a completely different person Oh, yeah. Okay. So do you think that's purposely done or do you think that's a fuck up because of the issues of the first two episodes? I honestly think it's purposely done. Okay. Just because of the character and the characters that you're dealing with. Are you you saying this because you know this character, Rose? No, no. Because you know from the comic book she is a little crazy? No, no. Not even uh, taking – I'm starting to actually pull myself away as a comic book fan because I want to enjoy what's in front of me with the season. Like how uh, we've we've covered Swamp Thing and everything else. Yeah. And the thing I notice about this is like 
yes, there are telltale signs from comic book lore. Yes. However, the way that they portrayed it makes sense because like she wants to infiltrate and get close to Slade, right? The best way to do it when you think about it, how she positioned herself, get, get to the Titans. That has to be it because like we all know that they alluded to the fact that Jericho's around. Something happened to Jericho. Oh, poor Jericho. Oh, he's dead. And, (laughs) and like she, she is so driven to get close to Slade and get that kill hit that, she would be willing to go 180 and say, "Oh no, I'm 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 just this runaway." Don't I'll worry go about 180 me. with her. And is that appropriate? Is she old <laughs> enough? Hold on. <laughs> you better Wait, check. Would a 180? I wouldn't be, say that about Raven. Would a 180 be like 60, 69? Yeah, it would, huh? A 180. What's a 180? Yeah, yeah, yeah 180 is like yeah. See, it's like yes. Head, head, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I do a 180. Well, hold on. She was check born. Her age. Hold on. She was born in 1996. So I'm not good at math. But it's so kind hold of on, like, hold on. I'm oh. trying to figure out if this is legal. I don't want to be arrested here, David. Don't mess up my fantasies. Okay. So she was born in 1996. So I'm going to do this the easy way. I'm, I'm very good with addition by tens. Okay. So in 2006, she was 10. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. Okay. 2016, she was 20. Okay. So let's add three. Great. It's 2019. 21. 22, 23, 23, 23. Okay. You know what? I would love to do a 180. Okay. All right. (laughs) Actually, that makes it legal. So (laughs) we're safe there. I don't know about Raven, but (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. It's okay. okay. I'm not into Raven, but uh, Starfire and uh, Rose. Yes. Give me some of that action. Absolutely with Starfire. But like with the way that this, this character is, it's the same type of mystery that they're trying to do with Slade and they're doing it very well. You know, you don't want to, quote, unquote, bust your nut all uh, all over the place and just give us all the details of these characters. You want us to be intrigued and want more. Okay, give us more about Rose. And that's what I liked about this episode is, like, not only did we get her interaction with uh, uh, Grayson, but we got her interaction with everybody else. And that actually added to her mystery. Because especially when she comes out and says that, yeah, I want to kill my father. <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty. That's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. You got to think immediately that something's up, right? I mean, yeah. You have when, you immediate. I think if a daughter wants to kill her father, you and you find out that it's because the father killed the, 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 the brother. The brother. I mean, suddenly, where does your sympathy fall on? Who does mm-hmm. it fall on? I mean, it goes immediately to the girl, to Rose. So it'll be interesting to see what all of this how all of this pans out but what does this mean for the titans right what does this mean for the titans because it's all about the titans that's yes. it's, it's in the title of the show titans so from a writing perspective what does all of this mean for them we see that hank is struggling with being a superhero yes he's an addict and the way he handles being a soup is something that doesn't work well with being a former addict that much was also made clear with Dove saying, like, you can't do this. You can't do this sober. You've never done it before. You immediately fall back to, you know, a form of self-medication. Yes. So we see that the Titans are willing to come back temporarily. Whatever happened in the past with the old Titans 
drove a wedge between all of them. And it's a big wedge. It can't be a little wedge. No, it's a it's big, a big, big old, wedge. it's a big old nine inch butt plug. Yeah, it's just, a butt plug. Yeah, it just split them open. And like a horrible and, analogy, <laughs> but it works. So we we get the the idea that something so bad happened, and the way Dick Grayson. I guess threw the blame on himself this episode by saying, yes, it's all my fault. My failure. You get the idea that he feels like he's to blame. However, it, and maybe even Hank at one point blamed him as well. Cause you see, there's a lot of aggression there towards, towards Grayson, towards yeah. Grayson. But wonder girl was quick to say, no, it's not, it wasn't your fault. It's just a thing that happened. Right? So something bad happened. Something that broke Dick Grayson. Obviously it also plays a big part with, uh, it has it plays a big part uh, with who he is as a character currently and yes. may even play a bigger part in the version of Dick Grayson we saw last season and his need to leave Batman and no longer be his sidekick. He had to run from him in order to not become him yes. for whatever reason. And I'm sure it's all going to be connected to the Slade Wilson effect. That's yes. All roads look like it's leading right back to him being that that uh, catalyst that threw all of them into chaotic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I like the fact that they portrayed Grayson as he's not perfect right now. He, he, ha he's still learning to be the leader. That's, he, that's ultimately what is his problem. He is learning to be a leader. Absolutely. He, right. He's and learning. I, and I want to get into that, Dave. I don't mean to cut you off, but first, let's go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to jump in to that aspect. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back. Trains are back, bitches! Woo! It's Weird West Sunday. Horror films were, were kind of shitty. There was no more thought to it. You didn't really care who died and who lived because the killing instantly started. Uh, and there was no development of the characters. And you're like, oh, it's just a gore fest and you don't really care who lives or dies. I'm here. I'm going to strap in for the next 90 minutes. I'm just going to watch random people die that I know nothing about. And that's what Tarantino and Rodriguez was, was trying to do differently. Uh, they took inspirations from uh, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Catch up on your favorite Weird West discussions from Mike and Clint every Sunday on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, Ooh. and a third item you'll both enjoy. Ooh. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, and we're back. So going back to what I was saying, I mean, like with 
the whole thing about Grayson right now is like he's not perfect right now. He's not the perfect leader. He's that we know. Not, he's not the bright Robin that so yes. many people think Robin is. Exactly. We're building up to that. Yeah. And I, I, I really appreciate that basically they force fed that in, in this episode saying that right now Robin is not where everyone wants him to be perfect. He's not Nightwing yeah. yet. He's building towards that. Well, yeah, you got to. I mean, in order to figure himself out, he has to shed his old skin. Exactly. And he has to find who he's going to be. And that doesn't happen forward. overnight. This is an identity crisis in many ways. Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure himself out. We all know that after tragedy or something drastic that may happen to us in our life, emotional, whatever, you sometimes have to reevaluate. And that's the Dick Grayson we got last season. Someone who's reevaluating his life. Now we have someone who has reevaluated and he knows now he knows what he needs to do, but he's still going to make those mistakes along the way. Right. Because he's still trying to figure out this new place that he finds himself in. Mm-hmm. Dude, I loved everything about Dick Grayson's story this week. He is my favorite character. I think he's one of the most fascinating characters in this show. And he needs to be. I mean, he's fucking Dick Grayson, Nightwing slash Robin. Yeah. He has to be the most interesting character. And the way I, I clapped and I, I clapped at this moment and not because I dislike Jason Todd, because I totally dig Jason Todd. Yes. But Robin or Dick Grayson has played this character that's very slow to at least this season. He It's almost like he's turning over a new leaf. He doesn't want to be quick to anger. That's why he ran away from Batman in the first place. He doesn't want to give in to his anger. That was the lesson of the first season. Yes. So he doesn't want to give in to that anger. He's not quick to anger. He's more patient. So he's coming off as a bit of a pushover the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. But when Jason Todd challenged him openly in front of the team, dude, Grayson just moved and slammed him in a half a second, slammed Jason Todd and ended that pissing match instantly. Oh, it ended the pissing match with everybody because everyone's like going, what the hell? And at that moment, you get the sense that basically, okay, he's taking everything that Bruce has taught him. Yeah. Because you got to remember. He's taking control. He's taking control. And like one of the biggest scenes last episode that I think started forming this mindset of, of Grayson now is when he tell asked Bruce, you know, if you had to do it all over again, would you do it? And Bruce basically said, I would, I wouldn't change anything of it. And it's almost kind of like it, it comes back in this episode, trying to actually show that Grayson understands what Bruce was getting at about being patient. You have to do this because you're teaching, you're trying to bring a team together. Yeah. And it, 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 it takes I agree work, with you. man. It takes work. And and maybe a, this is another side story, you know, story B maybe to Dick Grayson's main narrative, but maybe he will gain a much better appreciation and respect for Bruce Wayne after this. I know there have been some people who have voice compl- who have voice complaints about this version of Bruce Wayne and even Paul, the host of our Batman fan show, Wayne Talk, on uh-huh. our network here, has told me, he's like, hey, I just don't dig this guy's Bruce Wayne. He's more like Alfred, and it's just this isn't Bruce Wayne. But I get what he's saying. 
what he's saying actually makes sense. But I think that's the point of the character in this show. He, this is a Bruce Wayne who has been through it all. Yeah. And now he's in the advisory role. He's here to give his knowledge, his, not his knowledge in combat, not his knowledge in fighting, not his knowledge in detective work, but his maturity. Yes. He's bestowing upon Dick Grayson, his maturity saying, this is what I've done. This is the mature Bruce Wayne. These are the examples you can now glean from me. And seeing and understanding how this Bruce Wayne is being weaved into the story, you can kind of make sense of what they're doing with Dick Grayson. Oh, this yeah. is a guy who is now learning from a more mature mentor. Because the one thing I think fans have to understand. Because he's is, trying to fix himself and become a better leader. Yeah. It, and the, the one thing you have to understand is this is a story about the Teen Titans. The way is that, it, David? The, the, it, it's not a story about the Justice League. It's not. Yeah. And like the way Bruce is portrayed here, you have to understand. Sorry, you may not like this. Hey, I, I get into that debate a lot. Who is the better team? The Teen Titans are a bunch of young kids. Justice League are a bunch of veterans who have seen things that these kids probably have never seen. And I understand. I've seen those. Uh, I've seen those remarks too online about how oh, this Bruce Wayne doesn't uh, is isn't the Bruce Wayne that we want. No, it's not because you're a Teen Titan fan. You don't. You you think the Teen Titans are equal and parallel to the Justice League, and that's just not the case. Yeah, and they're also just a different group of. They're a different team entirely. Different chemistry. Different different chemistry. Yeah, different synergy between the the group. So I I dig what they're doing. I like the Bruce Wayne. I feel like it's a reflection of Dick Grayson's growth as a character. That's the point uh, to show a guy who is trying to learn from his mistakes and Mm -hmm. become a leader. This is his second chance to do it right. And he may not have failed per se, uh, technically he may not have failed last time around, but he feels like he failed. And because of that, he's trying to do this differently and understanding that Bruce is that, 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 that person of wisdom. He's wise. The ideal. Yes. It, it, it works for this story and it works in this episode. You can see uh, that you have a Dick Grayson who's more at peace with who he is. And while at the same time, he's still trying to figure that out. But another big highlight for me, sticking with the Robins, Dave, was <laughs> Jason Todd. Yeah, Jason Todd. I, I know you told me when you walked into the studio today, you told me that there's a lot of people complaining about Jason Todd on social media oh, saying absolutely. that he's a jerk and he's an asshole and people don't like him. I mean, read a comic book. Read a comic book. Because Jason Todd <laughs> is an asshole. Yes. That, that is who he is. But... They're doing, in my opinion, they're doing this type of character right. Sometimes when yeah. you have the asshole character, you know, you just hate him. You just want to punch him in his face because he's an asshole. There's yes. no likable qualities. You just, there's no redeeming qualities. Jason Todd's likable. Even when he's being a dick nose, he is a <laughs> likable character. You can kind of understand where he's coming from. I mean, he's struggling also with self-esteem right now. Oh yeah. I mean, he was Batman's guy. They even said it. 
he was Batman's guy, and now he he knows that he's being punished, and he can play it up all he wants to look cool to the rest of the Titans, but he knows, and everyone else knows, that he was demoted. Yeah, he got sent to the miners. Yeah, so that <laughs> he can work on, you know, smoothing out some of those rough edges. And now he's struggling as well with his own, not identity, I think he knows who he is, but he's trying to find his place, and he is trying to rediscover his self-confidence because yes. it's been a big blow uh-huh. and that moment in the tunnel with dr light first off i mean you're dealing with robin jason todd's robin he can't get his ass kicked and i was getting a little irked i was like you can't have dr light just go to town on jason todd it just you can't do it to this character this but, is this is batman's sidekick yeah but he's young R- right but I loved how he, at that moment, he understood who he was. He had that flashback. He saw the training from Grayson in the previous episode. And he almost gained a bit of that self-confidence again. Yes. And he kicked Dr. Light's <laughs> ass. And it was awesome. I love seeing him regain a bit of who he is. Yeah. And and that's the thing is kind of like it reestablished jason's confidence thanks to grayson yeah and then it was quickly you know beaten out of him i'm sure when it was beaten out of him by you know who (laughs) and 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 the thing was that doesn't take away from that moment because the way they've been as we've been saying the way they basically showing us what deathstroke's like it's understandable why he got his butt kicked his, what's a mutt? His mutt kicked? Or his, his, why he got his, his dog got kicked? His oh, dog got man, slayed. Come on. But I got to kick a mutt. I mean, if Jason Todd were to actually fight toe to toe with Deathstroke at this point, I would have, that, see, I would have been the reverse for you. Because I'm like going, no. At this point, Jason Todd's going to lose to Deathstroke. Yeah. Dr. Light? Yes. I agree with you. Yeah. At first, I'm like going, Dr. Light should not beat the crap out of robin at this point because robin is trained by batman right but then i thought to myself well this is also a young robin he's still as bruce said rough around the edges and he's arrogant and he's a dick or as you put it a dick nose he is a dick nose (laughs) and that's why i love the portrayal of of jason todd in just these two episodes because it's like this is what made jason who he is today He's arrogant, but he's so charismatic that you don't mind him being arrogant. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board with everything they're doing with with the Robins. Yeah, everything. Oh, absolutely. I, I think Jason Todd is so good. Um, all right, so let's move over to Starfire story. So she was the only outlining, I guess, personal, intimate, not personal. Let's uh, let me rephrase that. She was the only narrative character narrative that was not aligned with the rest of the Titans this week. Yes. But by the end of the episode, they did bring her back in the fold and I'm glad they did. They, they, we can't have too many things going on that again, that was my biggest problem with the opening two episodes, particularly episode two. Like, okay, what's going on? There's just way too many stories. And now with Starfire, it looks like they're going to be putting a pin in her story for the time being and maybe come back to it towards the end, maybe in a future episode. We'll see. Oh, after the name drop they gave, 
I'm sorry. They have to come back to it. Oh, no, they will. I mean, Starfire's backstory is very important uh, to the Titans, very important to her as a character. Mm-hmm. So they will go to it. But I appreciate the the, the skill that the showrunner obviously has and understands that we can't delve into all of this right now, that the focus needs to be the Titans reuniting and this new threat being, of course, um, Slade Wilson. And then with Raven experiencing some new issues with her power, it's something totally different. It's evil. It seems like, and it's, acting on its own it's something more confident now that she's willing to open herself up to her power it seems like it's taken more control over her and she's scared of it and that's how we're getting starfire back into the story to be aligned with the titans however we learned that she's royalty which they didn't allude to that at all yeah last season which is fine but if you read a comic book you would understand understand this is very much on track with her origin story uh, and we also got some expl- explanations on who Tamaranian is. Mm-hmm. Tamaranian is a former lover, soldier, a little bit of a bounty hunter in this issue where he's trying to track down Starfire and bring her back home. And I think that's all we need to know right now. And they definitely set it up. They, there were some heavy implications when she locked up Tamaranian in her ship. Starfire locked Tamaranian up. He said, hey. Essentially, I'm the lesser of two evils here. I'm your friend. I love you. I respect you. Let me be the one to take you in because you're not going to like everyone else who comes in. Enforcers, bounty hunters, they're all going to be gunning for you. You need to come back home. Yeah. So I like that setup because it's, it's epic. I do too because it sets something epic towards the end. Yeah. And I honestly think this was one of the elements that they needed to tie up in season one. Because or at least introduced. Introduced because it ties into Raven. And that's what I felt about like this whole scenario with Starfire was well, isn't I that liked her, it. Isn't that her whole story arc last season, right? Starfire was to she was supposed to kill Raven. She right? was supposed to kill Raven. Yeah. But instead she kind of entered this kind of like uh friendship or I don't know if you would call it kind oh, of like it's a, a friendship when she was boning uh, Dick Grayson. That's, Dick Grayson. That's a friendship right there. But it's almost kind of like the way they actually portrayed the relationship between her and Raven is very different for me, but I'm liking it because it's yeah, like, it works. It's more parental. It's more of like yeah. a parental thing where she kind of looks at Raven and wants to take her under her wing and protect her instead of like in the very first season where she was ordered to kill her. And that's why I felt like this while I like this uh, this setup, I really do think it's one of those things that deserve to be in season one at the end where she's in charge. She She's Raven is her ward while uh, Grayson has Jason Todd and you see the parallels between those two. And I think that that for me was like I was happy they got to that point because now – just like what we said, we now refocused on that narrative. Starfire is here. The whole team is together now. So we don't have to do these branching plot points like she's out in space or something. Because <laughs> I was really, really worried that she'd be taken out to space and then we'd have this separate narrative that we'd be following of her adventures against, the, against her family. Yeah. There's a lot there. 
And um, I don't think they can do it just if they were to get into it right away. No, not right away. They just can't. There isn't enough story or episodes in a season to just jump into it right now. So as long as they introduce it like they did, I think we're in. I think we're in good territory. We're in good territory. And I'm just going to go right into my final thoughts. We are in good territory. I'm no longer afraid. I know we're only three episodes in and they can completely fall. It can, the whole entire show can completely fall apart again. However, those red flags are no longer there. I feel like this is a story that's now being streamlined and focused. It's like night and day. If you know how to analyze scripts and writing, this episode was a complete 180 from what we've seen in the first two episodes of the season. This feels like a show that's now uh, understanding the story they want to tell for the season. And moving forward, I think we're, I think we're going to be on a good path here. Dave, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts on this episode. With all of the, with the three episodes in total, this is, this is the better episode. This is the best episode because just like what you said, I can't harp, we can't harp on it enough. We finally have that cohesive narrative that we kind of get a sense. Okay. This is the path they're going. We have the Titans together. They have their problems, but thankfully they can solve and work their problems together while they also work on this narrative of Deathstroke. Yep. Absolutely. I agree, Dave. I think, I honestly feel that this episode is a solid 90. I would give it a 90. A 90? Yeah, I am. You must be in a good mood. I'm in good spirits. In good spirits. Yeah, I, I you know what I should per, probably rate this as well, huh? Um, it's at eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah, eighty two, eighty three. There's a few problems, like I said, with Rose. The characterization was a bit off, but that retrospectively, that may change once we understand yes. fully yeah. what they're trying to do with her character. All right. Well, this concludes this week's episodic breakdown of DC DC Universe's Titans. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, David. Thank you. And good night. Mother of God, would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour.